The DeFalco Files is an entertainment-based program. Some memories of certain events might be fuzzy. All opinions are that of the host. Content might not be appropriate for children and some adults. Listener discretion is advised. And remember, the truth is here. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting presents The DeFalco Files with FSW owner Joe DeFalco and your host, Matt Michaels. Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here on The DeFalco Files with the owner and creator of FSW, the future stars of wrestling here in Las Vegas, Mr. Joe DeFalco. Joe, you got a chance to take a breath? Mecca week is over. How you doing? Oh, you know, it's just one into another. You know, we got a show on Saturday, and, of course, we're behind the eight ball on that and, you know, dealing with students who don't make appearances and then expect things. So, yeah, you know, it, it it's just a continuous matrix loop that I guess I'll never get out of and, you know, is what it is. But it's cold. I got my... I got my my Nike sweatshirt going, you know. I I you know I'm I'm the same thing. I got my my hoodie going too. It's it's beautiful to finally be in this type of weather. Um, you know, I, I know Adidas has some uh, money freed up, so if they'd like me <laughs> to uh, partake in wearing Adidas logoed inspired uh, clothing wear. Uh, I'm I'm affordable for way less than uh, ye, and all they have to do is ch- change that Y to D for there you go. D. That'd, that'd be perfect. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I guess one of the uh, the four uh, most like overused words, but are words that are very uh, <laughs> very right in live performances, let alone professional wrestling, is card subject to change. So Mecca lined up one way on paper. And the last time we talked, you know, everything was was set. And then the weekend hits. This is why I love doing this with you is because we get a perspective from, you know, a promoter who's dealing with a lot of moving parts and um, a lot of, uh, you know, things you don't expect going into show weekend. So what started to happen to make the Mecca card change? And at what time did you start know, knowing things would be having to be scrambled around a bit? Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, this weekend wasn't just, hey, we got our Mecca big show at the Silver Nugget. It was Friday and Saturday, Impact was in town. So right. it starts Thursday where we have to set up the ring for Impact. Okay? So we have our crew. Everything's good on Thursday. All of a sudden, I get a message from Davey Richards Thursday Thursday evening. And it's like, hey, Joe, uh, he got injured. But he didn't get injured in a wrestling match. He got injured on his job as a paramedic something to do with carrying somebody fucked up his back 
He's like, I'll see how it is. Oh, man. <laughs> and now I hit him up. Uh, and I'm like, hey, let me know ASAP because, you know, we also had a Davy Richards seminar. So right. I'm like, well, by the time Friday hits, he's like, he'll let me know. So Friday night, I go out there, you know, put out some feelers. Uh, the issues at Impact were Giselle Shaw was having a big birthday bash on Sunday afternoon. Uh, so a, a guy that we would always look at, Trey Miguel. Hey, Trey, what's up? Oh, you know, I'm committed to right. something on that Sunday. And PJ Black. And he had just come back, you know, to do, from what I found out, a one-off for the Impact tapings. Right. But he had some stuff going on. Uh, and was leaving Sunday or Sunday evening. You know, I talked to numerous people, and it's like, but. And then when uh, Friday night hit, I got the message on early Saturday that Toa, who had been wrestling with a possibly separated shoulder anyway, oh. re-aggravated it against the guy he was working on Sunday which was really nice of the other company to decide to put that match on two days before ours when it wasn't even supposed to be on the show. Okay. You, you, so you had no clue about that at all. No, because we also found out they were doing limelight and Vandegrift. So we chose not to do it and it didn't matter. It was two days later, but out of respect, Hey, those guys just wrestled each other. Some people just saw it. Hey, let's let this is a big show. You know, Matt and Limelight can wrestle down the line, whatever. And then all of a sudden they they plucked the match that was a big time match that we were really looking forward to, you know. And then Toa's like, my shoulder's really fucked up. I can't go. And it's like, fuck. So now it's Friday. Now it's Saturday morning. So now Saturday night. You know, I'm like, man, what would be a great match for Tito? And right. it's like, man, Rhino would be awesome, you know. And Rhino can also double back as the seminar guy because he's been in the business for 20-plus years. So right. he's the first guy I approach. And it's funny because there's people that you talk to all the time when you go there. And, you know, Raj... Nicest guy in the world yep. from uh, Impact, part of, and his dad is fantastic. Like, I can't bring in Rajin if I don't bring in the father. Yeah. You know, he is so great on the mic. And he's always been, like, a guy that initially I'm like, okay, I guess he's on my friends list, whatever. You know, I went to Impact after, you know, a couple months from my heart surgery. Hey, Joe, how you feeling? You know, I saw the thing about you. Like, this guy was like paying attention and actually gave a fuck. You yep. know what I mean? And it's like, not everybody's like that. And it's not anybody's fault, but like he genuinely is a guy who gives a shit. So it's yep. like, he's a guy you, you, you'd like to get on. I was going to actually use him on the pre-show with clutch and he couldn't do it either. Cause he had the plans, you know, to do stuff. So right. I hit up Rhino and Rhino's always like, I never talked to Rhino in my life. But, you know, I, I, I nod, hey, what's up, you know, fist bump, whatever. 
And it was weird because before I even talked to him on Friday, I, I saw him and I walked up to him. Hey, Joe, how you been? Ba, 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 ba. And I'm like, oh, wow, Rhino knows exactly who I am. Cool. <laughs> you know, so Saturday came up and I'm like, hey, bro, you know, we're in a predicament and I think you'd be perfect for this. He goes, uh, well, let me backtrack. I saw Chris Saban, who I know. Sure. And I was talking with Saban again as another option. He's like, "Hey, bro, yeah, sorry, uh, I'm on a flight Sunday morning at six fifteen a.m." I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's cool, no problem." You know, maybe when they come back in February, because I'd love to have Saban for a seminar. Sure. And I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see. I want to, you know, see maybe Rhino's available for the thing." He's like, "You know, good luck on that one. Rhino's on the same flight as me." I'm like, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, you know, at that point, I go, you know, they're in the, the locker area, Saban. I walk out, and Rhino's on the on the floor right by the ring. So I walk up to him, and he's like, hey, what's up? How are you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, good. I got a question for you. And then he was like, let me check and see. He goes, I got a flight at like 6 in the morning, you know. Uh What's, what's it entail? I'm like, blah, 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 blah. Okay. He goes, let me check for you. Now, there's, of course, no discussion on money or, right. or anything, you know. So now he comes back with, yeah, I talked to them. They're going to they're gonna inquire about the cost because, you know, they're changing a flight to a red eye the next day. Right. So it's like, fuck. So he looks into it. And at that point, it's like, hey. You know, let's sit down before they make any moves. You know, you throw, you throw this crazy number out and I got to pay for things. You know, it may not be worth it. He's like, hey, you know what? I usually work for this. But, you know, you guys work with us and all this stuff. And I really like to help out in situations when I can. You're a good dude. I'd love to help you out. I can do it for this. I'm like, oh, OK, that's that's a pretty good number. You know, because we're not paying Davey. Right. So we're not paying Toa. Right. Yeah. So, okay. We got the flight info. That's the only thing. And then he comes back with, oh, they had a flight credit because, again, the flight change was extremely expensive. Right. You know, so I was looking to cover some of it, which I knew I had to, hoping I didn't, being that what we do for impact and we give them the discount to begin with. But because of the situation, we had to come up with some money. Sure. So it's like I was figuring it was going to be a couple $200 for the change of the flight. It ended up far like because they had a flight credit. So it was more than $300, but that was what they asked us to cover. And I'm like, well, I was figuring two. So I'm not going to not use the guy for $100. Right. You know, because sure. we already agreed upon on the price. So it was like, you know what? And I went to talk to him and he was in the middle of doing it. was like, oh, I'm doing a run in. I'll talk to you in a minute. And then, you know, he messaged me from the back because he agents and he wrestles. So he's got he's got right. a lot of plate also. Right. So he hits me back up. He's like, hey, I'm in the back. I got a little bit of time in between uh, my next segment. I'm like, OK. And, you know, I run back there and couldn't find him. And he was in the back dressing room, but he was all the way in the back. And then I'm like, what the fuck's right now? Fuck. And then he finally comes out. And I'm like, yeah, this is what it is. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, yeah, no problem. He's like, uh, you know, after the show, I'd like to take a shower because he had a flight. He had to be at the airport at nine o'clock. 
And, you know, he was able to stay for the majority of the show. But he ended up, uh, last minute, I ended up, Limelight thought he needed a room at the Santa Fe station. That was, I was able to get a room on a Sunday. And, of course, the difference in time made the difference in price. Because Saturday was sold out. And Sunday, I found rooms for like 45 bucks through my wife's team member rate for the station casinos. Right. By the time I got to Sunday, the rate was now $164. It's like, motherfucker. So I booked the thing. And then Limelight hits me up too. He's like, hey, uh, I haven't gotten the flight info in a hotel. And I'm like, flight info? What the fuck are you talking about? You said you were coming with Jordan Cruz. He's like, oh, Jordan said he wasn't booked. I'm like, dude, I talked to him yesterday. So he (laughs) talks to him because Danny Limelight had a show, so he was being flown into Vegas. And that's how that whole L.A. crew was. Jarrell and Royce, they were doing a show in St. Louis. So Limelight's like, oh, that's cool. I don't need a room. It's like, dude, it don't matter. I'm still paying for it. You can't cancel the day before. He was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll use it. And, you know, earlier in the day type of thing to, you know, check in, whatever. So then he messages me and says, oh, my flight's super delayed. I'm not going to be able to get to the hotel, which it's under his name. So then I got a call and I got to change the reservation name because Rhino wants to just take a shower after the show. So, you know, let's go back. So now... I'm thinking, man, this guy's going to get the fucking pop of the night. People are going to be like, you know, it, it was great because we announced him and, and set it up as, hey, here's a guy for the meet and greet. Normally, if a guy's in town for a meet and greet, he's going to wrestle on the fucking show. But right. everybody just saw him on Impact. So nobody questioned that Rhino, hey, he's probably there just to make a few extra bucks. Cool. And that's right. exactly, exactly how we presented it. And then when the promo hit, and the first thing you hear is gore. You started hearing some rumblings. And then he comes through the curtain and the crowd was fucking insane. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, you know, and that's what's the great thing about those surprises. He yeah. came out and then, you know, MK is a true pro taking the gore not once but twice. <laughs> and, you know, the crowd loved it. And it was it was a great moment. You know, it, yeah. it was Rikishi helping coming out with Sefa when he wins the Nevada State and gives the stink face to Sally. You yeah. know, nobody's expecting, hey, Rikishi's going to be there because his son's wrestling, but nobody thinks Rikishi's going to get in the ring and cut an eight-minute promo and then right. give a stink face to Sally. So those are the moments you always remember and cherish as right. special moments in FSW history. Sure, Matt Hardy is great. But we ever we already told everybody Matt Hardy was going to be there. You right. know, there was a situation. He did absolutely nothing at our show. But we had that Johnny Ferrari clown, and he was doing the uh, the poker shit. And he had brought in, like, EC3 and, and Robbie and DJZ and a couple of things like that. But he was doing something, and he happened to bring in James Storm. So we he just came out, and the crowd went crazy. Because it was a guy nobody expected to be there. And you see that and it's like, man, you got it. We got to do more of that because then it makes people question kind of like the Moxley thing. Like, oh, man, I shouldn't have missed that show. And a lot of times people miss it because they don't think there's something 
for them. And then later on, they're so disappointed. Right. So, you know, Rhino did exactly what was needed. Tito Escondido, who I love, but he even tells you about the fans. They're kind of, eh, with him. Like they see right. him, you know, some like him, some don't like him. But with MK and all the stuff that happened, he got more heat than he's ever gotten in his entire FSW career. Yeah. And, you know, you can add a little to the fact that, hey, he, he, he's been in Japan now. So people, more people know who he is and the combination of things. So even though Toa wasn't there and I love Toa and he'll be back for against all odds, that ended up being a great trade-off. Yeah. You know, yeah. Rhino for Toa. And it, it established Tito a little bit more. And, you know, Toa comes in. He's still going to be that guy. And people like Toa. And he's doing the AEW thing and getting the love. But in all honesty, if he did work, what kind of match would they have had even right. if he didn't get re-injured because he was already injured? Right. Right. So and it ended up being, you know, the best thing that we could do. And it's, it, you know, I think the one thing that you can find a thread in that is the loyalty of guys to FSW. You know, Tito's had a real nice loyalty to FSW. He's had a great relationship with you. And here he gets a chance to have a nice little reward um, and get what was absolutely a phenomenal match with a guy who rivals him in his size. Like Tito looks like a young rhino, you know, it's, it, it was a great replacement and wonderful that that worked out for you. Yeah, no doubt about it. And it was like, you know, now the funniest part of it was they were, you know, of course, you know, 20 years later, they're still going to chant ECW, but then all of a sudden there was like a welcome back chant. And it's like, first off, this motherfucker's never wrestled for us. But if you want to say welcome back, you know, to Vegas, he was on the show yesterday at Impact. So I have no knowledge on why there was a welcome back chant for a guy who was on a show down the street the day before who had never worked for us. <laughs> um, so, you know, you mentioned then in, uh, in Danny Limelight, before we get to his role on the show you did mention that he was up in st louis with uh the one percent there no what? he wasn't oh he, he was wasn't. at another show and he was being flown in i, gotcha. I don't know if he was at but but with with them what happened with uh the one percent and uh and them not being able to make it in so you know i'm all excited i'm happy we got rhino set saturday night and then about 10 o'clock at night, Saturday night, Ooh. I get a text from Royce. And it's like, hey, bro, our flight's just been canceled. I'm like, motherfucker. And talk to him a little bit more. For some reason, I think they're in Colorado. I guess he okay. works Suzuki in Colorado, but it was Thursday. But for some reason, I was thinking that show was there. And I'm like, fuck, I got to get home. Because he's like, yeah, the earliest we can get in tomorrow is 10 p.m. I'm like, Jeez. what the fuck? Well, they're on shitty Frontier Airlines. So <laughs> it's like, you know, you, you you only got one shot to make a flight that day. So I go home and I'm like, Colorado to Vegas. 
And I messaged him back. I'm like, bro, there's a flight at like six in the morning and one at nine thirty from fucking Denver. Oh. He's like, bro, we're in St. Louis. I'm like, oh, fuck. Uh. So, but I did message them on Monday to see if they made it home, and they 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 said they did. So, <laughs> um, and so now you're looking at it. And now you have to adjust the six man tag. You have to adjust the Nevada State title. You have to also then, um, uh, you know, you got, you got Rhino filling in. So, well, yeah, at, th- at this point, all we know is we have Rhino to take on Tito. Right. So before the day started, I'm like, okay, well, who are we going to get to wrestle Gregory Sharp? And it was, you know, so, so Saturday taping, it was, in search of, you know, I felt like Leonard Nimoy, in search of a Gregory Sharp opponent. Right. So I had talked to Jacob Boston Young. I said, just so you're aware, you're you're an option to wrestle Greg. But we're trying to get stuff done. So we talked to Andrew, Andrew Everett. He's That's- flying out that night. I talked to Saban. I talked to Trey Miguel. I talked to PJ Black. And it's like, man, we're starting to really run out of options, you know, for a guy for Gregory Sharp. It's like, but, you know, but at least we know we have Jacob Austin Young, you know, in the background. Now it's like, okay, it's now Saturday night. And now I get the 1% thing. And it's like, fuck. So one option became Team New Japan, Tom Lawler and Bateman against Cody and Funny Bone, okay. which was, a, which was a, a strong option in our opinion. Yeah. Uh, then it became no fucking idea. Like, what the fuck? It's <laughs> like, okay, we got to move Jake out. Uh, so Funny Bone and Cody obviously became the options for the scramble. Right. And it was like, told Limelight what happened. And he was the one who was like, well, hey, what if we keep it with Team Filthy? Because other people were like, oh, just move Limelight into it and take him out of the scramble. And I'm like, well, the emphasis was on Limelight doing the scramble. Like, I get it. Because it was kind of like, oh, you're doing Team Filthy? I'm like, no, I'm not going to pay all these guys to work a four-on-four match and be in the ring for a minute. It's kind of pointless. Right. Like, we're trying to spotlight guys who used to be with us. At least the six-man is cool, and Limelight could still do his own thing. But then Limelight's like, well, you know, I'll work double duty if you want, which now made us change the order of the card because the six-man would have gone earlier. But – we wanted to make Limelight coming out for the second time to annoy the fans the, the, the second option because right. they would have expected him in the scramble. So he was good with it. Then Sunday morning, I get a message from Chris Bay. And Chris Bay's like, hey, bro, Shogun said, hey, what about putting Limelight in with Tom Lawler? I'm like, bro, it's already been done. <laughs> and he's going to be in the scramble. And Bay's like, 
really? Did you talk to him about it? Is he okay with it? I'm like, relax. He's the one who actually brought up the idea. <laughs> so Danny Limelight Light now holds the record for the only man to score two pinfall victories. Yeah. Not only at a Mecca show, at any casino show. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. And by the way, shows, you know, is there a guy you can think of that is like Danny Limelight? Because every indication from everything I know about him, everything I've heard about him, everything I've seen him do is that he loves this. He loves the business. He loves performing. And he's also one of the most, even though his character is so cocky, he is one of the most down-to-earth, humble people and will do what is right when needed without any hesitation and will suggest stuff like this. I mean, how valuable was that to you to just have someone just go, I got you? Well, that, that made everything, it was done. At that point, when he said that, it was done. I didn't have to scramble around and change the scramble and move somebody here. Because the one thing I hate is when you have to change one thing, it also makes you have to change four things. The and I wanted everything to be true to what it was. And, you know, Bateman and Funny Bone got to work as a tag team once again for the first time in many years. And I saw it on Twitter, but I saw it myself. Like, moving forward, I even mentioned to both those guys that, you know, Violence Unlimited was the name that, which I found out that day, was Funny Bone came up with it for him and Bateman 12 years ago. Yeah. When they were doing their SoCal gigs, they were Violence Unlimited. And the name was so good, it was never used. Bateman implored it with his crew in Ring of Honor. And I'm pretty sure he didn't name them. I'm pretty sure he said, hey, this is a name we were using years ago. Think it would be a good fit. Obviously, somebody said yes. So uh, the reunion of Violence Unlimited was a success. You know, the crowd knows Bateman and wants to like him, too. So yeah. him and Funny Bone become a very formidable tag team. Yeah. You know, so so we got that out of the mix. Yeah. And you also kept the heat on Danny Limelight by him getting the pinfall, which is brilliant because, you know, like you said, now you got Funny Bone and Bateman, which automatically makes that, you know, a fan favorite. And it just works out nicely. Um, and, by, and by the way, can we just say at this point, the fans mean so much to the show because they were on fire. <laughs> it was a really nice crowd for you, man. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to be honest. I, I was disappointed in the turnout in what we had seen in pre-sales. And for the first time we almost sold out second row before the show even started. And of course, front row was sold out. So yeah. I was assuming if we had, you know, the turnout of the walk-up for the anniversary show, man, this show was going to be bigger than that, and it wasn't. The anniversary show had a huge walk-up, while this one didn't. So right. we did well. You know, we had a good turnout, 
but I, I was expecting with everything that's been promoted with the show and, and the buzz around it that I felt we would have done anniversary numbers at worst. And we definitely fell short of that. But again, it was a, it was extremely strong, solid card and it was solid attendance, but it was, you know, nowhere near what I was going to expect. So, but they were into it. And I think that was the, the thing that really kind of, you know, keeps the, um, keeps the energy going. Um, and you know, Cody stepping into the five man, um, that scramble was a, a solid match. Um, very short. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> and then I, I, I have to look at the tape because I was, I was, you know, talking and dealing with people and I turned my head and that was when Gatson did his fantastic move that our crowd pops huge for. Where a lot of times they're, you know, standing on their, uh, sitting on their hands. Right. And the finish, again, I started turning and talking and Gatson hit the Sasuke special and he was doing the stuff. But all of a sudden I saw a limelight slide in and it was like one, two, three. And I was like, oh shit, that seems short. But again, I hadn't watched the early part of the match. Right. So I heard it went way shorter, which again, isn't the biggest deal in the world. You know, time-wise, uh, for nine matches, we were done way before eight o'clock. Yeah. So we were, you know, we were at WWE old days pay-per-view time, 749. <laughs> I, I recall being the last thing that happened. So I don't know if that was when the match ended or is that when Chris Bay... Uh, finished up with his promo, and then Morrison cut his. I don't remember too, but it's it was somewhere around there. It was yeah, I mean it was it was quick. Um, yeah, I do know that that match was a little bit uh, short from its given time, but it was action packed. So it's like it's you great. know what, you know, okay, so what? Two minutes less. It made yeah. up for you know Funny Bones five minute entrance. So you know. <laughs> Um, you know, uh, then you, you, you had, um, Viva Van in a really nice, uh, title defense. I thought that that match against uh, Dark Sheik was pretty, pretty good. Well, Viva's been at the top of her game, you know, like I said, when we first used her, you know, she was all right. You know, she was getting love because there's not a lot of great women talent on the West coast. So... She was there, you know, it was Maserati, a Sandra Moon, you know, probably, you know, uh, Ruby Rays that right. are can really considered, you know, top level. And then you got the ones that are up and coming. And, you know, uh, I like Milo a lot, but she's young and she's still got a ways to go. And Bryn Thorne, Bryn Thorne you yeah. know, Alice Blair, they, they all have, you know, a ways to go. You know, Rochelle Riveter. Uh, again, wasn't around a couple of months ago with us. Yeah. So we were not aware of her. So Viva was getting a lot of love. She started collecting some belts. And she had been gone for a few months and she came back. And I was like, wow, she she seems to have gotten a lot better. Yeah. And from what I heard, you know, never confirmed it with her. But I guess she had a WWE tryout last year 
And I don't know if things didn't go that well for her or she got critiques that made her step up because yeah. she stepped up and she's as good as anybody out there right now. Yep. And, you know, generally when she has a match, you know, it's going to be a good one. And, and, and again, it's also that confidence level. You saw it with Tito Escondido. He's a different dude now. Yeah. You know, as good as he was before, he was not that major league talent yet. Now yeah. he saw what it's like to play with the big boys. New Japan Strong's great and all, but he went to Japan and worked Okada and Suzuki and in the six mans and in the Tokyo Dome and shit. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure you're getting good advice from people. And again, Tito was always a tremendous talent. But yeah. now it's kind of like when we had Eli Drake, when we knew he was going to be a big league talent, got signed by the Fed, and when he came back because things didn't work out, he was on a whole new level. You know, oh, look at their you look yeah. at their gear. You know they're making more money. You <laughs> yeah, know, right? Tito, Tito's like, I, I joked. He put the put the picture up, and I'm like, man, whoever airbrushed that picture, Tito, <laughs> needs a raise. That shit was awesome. You look great there. You know. But the, the truth of the matter is, man, when you when you get to places and you don't get exactly where you want to go, a lot of times the frustration is going to set in. Yeah. And we've seen it with Tito where it was kind of like great shape, mediocre shape, great shape, mediocre shape. Same thing with Che when he was with them. Now these guys are chiseled because Tito sensed maybe that he was closer and now – now the work ethic, you know, he had to come back from a punctured lung. He had the COVID, as he said, that caused a lot of issues. So, you know, now Tito's like, man, this is his time to grasp that brass ring. Right. And he's making sure, you know, he ain't letting go because yeah. he's in a position. Same thing with Royce and Jarrell. You know, yeah. they had a lot of stop starts and then Royce kind of, Broke off a little with Jarrell because Royce would team with other people. And it'd be weird to me because it'd be like, oh, they'd have this match. And I, I knew there was issues in the NWA. It was supposed to be Royce and Jarrell. But somehow Royce ended up with Bram and Jarrell was left out in the cold. And then same thing with New Japan. They put him in the mix. But sometimes he would team with Jarrell. But sometimes he would uh, team with the other guys. And now it seems like they're all, you know, kind of together again. Yeah. So... It's, it's amazing to see the growth of, like, when we knew they were good, but now, again, they're totally different. And, you know, they're definitely deserving of that higher rate that they're asking for because they're bringing a different sense of professionalism. Right. Before, they were just one of the guys on the show. And FSW always had a really, really good show. So in most cases, those guys were underneath the Hammerstones, the Graves, the Cross, the Bay, you know, and, and a lot of the other guys. Now right. they step in as a lot of our younger guys strive for what they have. Right. A Jay Vidal, a Damian Drake, a Matt Vandergriff, you know, those guys want what those guys have just gotten. They right. want to be that next in line. And Jay Vidal, even though, you know, he was in town, we, you know, we saw him at Impact. And I talked to, you know, Tommy Dreamer and a couple of people and I had mentioned about Jay and they were very high on him. 
So, you know, hopefully knock on, uh, knock on fake wood over here that, you know, Jay Vidal becomes uh, the next guy. Yeah. You know, it's been a little cold since Solo Sokoa made his way last year. It's been like nine months. Well, you know, it, you know, look at it though. It, it's that, like you just said, you know, this, we started with Viva Van on this. And there is a good chance that she might end up in, you know, the performance center sooner than later. Well, <laughs> so, she, she's gotten looked at at AEW, and yeah. they put her on a few times, not just one. So they yep. brought her back. So usually that's what happens. If one person seems to want you, then the other one wants you too. Right. So, you know, <laughs> knock on Again, the fake wood that Viva signs with AEW because then we have a good chance of using it. Right. Or Impact. Come on, Impact. Take the step up. Um, you know, you, you mentioned Vandergriff. Vandergriff, Kenny King, fairly good match there. Um, you know, I think what you would expect out of the two of them, that was a, a good showing. Uh, Sam Adonis uh, showed really good against uh, Remy and got all the heat that you can get. On a guy like Remy, that was a, a very good uh, showing as well. Um, and then you have the tag team championship match. Man, were you happy and proud of what Shogun and Hero did with Carlito and Masters? Uh, again, it, it's that confidence thing, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's very easy to get intimidated when you're wrestling – Guys who've been there, done that. And it ain't been there, done that, a cup of coffee. You know, Chris Masters has been doing this for 15 years now. Carlito, you know, his dad's run the biggest company in Puerto Rico for 40 years. Yeah. So, you know, they've all held championships in WWE. Masters recently in NWA, whether it was Impact, wherever it is. And we know from experience Chris Masters is one of the best dudes out there. Yeah. You know, he's a guy that's always going to be helpful. He's not going to sandbag anybody. He's out there. You know, he's a guy who is very, I guess, misunderstood, I guess, might be considered a word. I don't know if that's the word for him because I'm not sure if he's misunderstood. I think there's a misconception yeah. of, of Chris Masters, even when I had first met him. You know, you think of Chris Masters, ah, uh, there he is. You know, weed smoking Chris Masters, you know, always always high, just looking to have a good time. But he really, really is like a wrestling guy. Like, it is really important for him to be helpful and go out of his way to make sure that next generation, you know, gets it. And, right. you know, I saw him right after the match, you know, he had them both there and basically holding court, you know, and telling them what they did. And you could see, you know, again, I didn't see everything in it, but, you know, they did the, the drop down and, and he caught Masters, big body slam, yeah. and it was just smooth, you know, they're, they're, and, and even with Hero, who, you know, we saw that when he wrestled EC3, you know, yeah. a year or so ago. That these guys, you know, they're big. They're big time. You know, they're ready for for everything. 
You know, they're ready if WWE knocks on the door and says, hey, we're looking to give you guys a tryout. You know, not only do they have that, their boys are Sefa Fatu and Chris Bay, who I guarantee you are pounding into their fucking head, you know, the right ways to do things. Kenny King, another one, you know, telling these guys. Because, you know, I'm the first guy when when a guy's lazy or fucking doesn't take advantage of his potential. You know, I I was pretty pissed at at Hero Lou when Sean Devari hits me up about him and is trying to send him to Arizona for SummerSlam to use as an extra, and he somehow doesn't get his blood work done in time. Like, motherfucker, how many opportunities do you think you're going to get from a WWE agent that's going to hit you up because he knows your age, he knows what you look like, he's trained with you and always has good things to say about you. He's trying to go out of his way, passes your information, and then you don't make it. He's yeah. not going to reach out to you anymore, bro. You have to be better than that. You can't yeah. over fucking sleep. Yeah. If this is what you want to do. If you want to wrestle and your career goal is being the FSW champion, that's that's awesome. That, that uh, I'm not going to say being our champion because being our champion usually is a stepping stone to the the big biggest stages in the world. So yeah. But if that's your ultimate goal is to be an FSW guy, well, more power to you. We're going to love you. And, we're, and as long as you do great business, you know, you're going to be around. But putting in all that work is so you don't have to work another job. Right. That is your job. You can say, I'm going on the road, honey. I'll be back in a couple of days with big looks, fucking bushel fulls of cash. <laughs> Right. When we get back, you're going to Saks Fifth Avenue or Macy's, and you're going to be buying that Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> you know, yeah. right now you can only buy the uh, Jimmy Vuitton purse <laughs> that they're selling on the corner of Fremont Street. Jimmy Jimmy Vuitton was part of your uh, extended family, right? <laughs> yes, yes, good friends. <laughs> uh, no, that's you know it's a it's a valid point, and look. You even mentioned Davey Richards got hurt doing his regular job. He's one of the best guys in the world at this, you know, business, sport, entertainment, whatever you want to call it, at this profession. And he still has a regular job. So, yes. And some people want to do it because, again, he's not on the Fed schedule. So a lot of these guys are going to do what they love. You know, if your goal is to get in WWE, you're not getting a side job from Monday through Friday. That is your right. job. Right. And that's the whole thing. It's like even you could be one of the best and you can still have a side job or you can get serious as you're learning and try to get to that pinnacle. And these guys look so good now. Um, it's just impressive. And hopefully, uh, knock on wood, fake wood, that they, they get uh, some tryouts coming up here soon. The main event was phenomenal. Um, man, uh, did when you looked at putting those three together, was that something that you just knew that these guys would just do what they had to do to make the fans, you know, appreciate that match? 
Well, see, what you got to do is you take a step back and you say, okay, Cajun Hammerstone, we saw uh, numerous times in FSW, and we've actually seen them twice in matches with each other over the last year. Yeah. Hammerstone and Chris Bay, back-to-back -back against all odds. They've had numerous matches. So you have to hope that the dynamic of the three together, which has never happened at one time, but we did have Hammerstone, Cage, and TJP. We did have Cage, Chris Bay, and John Morrison. Yeah. And we did have it with John Morrison, Chris Bay, and Teddy Hart. And those combinations have all been there. But because of John Morrison going back to the Fed in 2020, uh, to not be able to continue as the Mecca Grand Champion. It wasn't like he didn't have a defense. He did, but at the time, we only had the trophy. We finally got the belt. He got to wear it once, and then he had to leave. So right. then the pandemic hit. Uh, we decided last minute to make Cross and Jacob Fatu because the pandemic show, we did a eight-man tournament where we got to the semifinals which was going to be uh, – we had Willie Mack and Cepha, which was a great match uh, right. that Willie won. And we also had uh, Hammerstone and Bay, you know, in there. So – but two years later, it made no sense to do a semifinals of stuff that people didn't, you know, warrant. Right. So now it's like, okay, so – we need to jump right back into it. it. You know, we got the belt. We need to do something. You know, Cross is gone. So we now need to crown a new champion. And, you know, Chris Bay, obviously, homegrown, former FSW champion, former No Limits champion, former tag team champion. Then you got Brian Cage, you know, former FSW heavyweight champion. He's gone on to uh, being an Impact World champion to – now getting a lot more love, thankfully, in AEW. Hammerstone, the current FSW champion. Uh, three times he's been the champ. He's been a tag champ. He's been a Nevada State champion. So those are pretty much three highly decorated guys. But more importantly, three former FSW heavyweight champions. Right. And they're all flying another banner. Chris Bay is a mainstay and re just recently resigned for Impact. Right. Hammerstone's also the MLW world champion. And Brian Cage, we know, is in that Ring of Honor-based AEW with the faction with Toa. So right. that is a, a big-time matchup. And making it a ladder match for the title, I, I thought was the best move that we can do going into it. Uh I actually approached John Morrison before I approached Brian Cage because John was the guy who never lost the championship and he's available. Right. Uh, I knew he was a little banged up. We, we talked. And again, John's another one of those super dudes. He's like, oh, Chris Bay, I love Chris, blah, blah, blah. He goes, but to be honest with you, I'm kind of banged up. The only uh, show I'm going to work this month is a six-man tag for AAA. And, you know, it's AAA. It's, it's a big-time promotion. So he probably felt he was able to do some things. And he even said, he goes, you know, when I work Chris Bay, man, I don't want to mail it in. I love Chris. So I want right. to have a match. 
I would rather wait until I'm fully healed and, you know, tear it up with him in Vegas. So I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm like, talk to him. And then, uh, you know, I hit him up one more time beforehand. I'm like, hey, can you do me a favor? You know, can you cut a promo about that? So, you know, since we had no idea who was going to be our champion, we had John Morrison cut three promos. <laughs> you will never see the light of day of the other two because they were burned immediately after the match. <laughs> but he did cut three promos, basically challenging the Mecca Grand Champion. And fortunately, Spider played the right one on the screen. <laughs> you know, Congratulations, Brian Cage. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> Unfortunately, we had issues with the big screen, so you can only hear it and see it on the little screens. But, you know, we're going to post it on Twitter like we did and, and push it out there. And it was a nice – it would have been a really nice way to go. You know, John was in town for Impact because Ty is there. Right. But it was uh, Taya's mom's birthday or something like that. So they were they were going right back to L.A. And since he wasn't going to wrestle on our show, then it made no sense for them to just hang out another night. But right. it would have probably been really good for, you know, the lights to go back out. And then when they went on, Morrison was there and laid him out. You know, yeah. that was my idea. Uh, my other idea was Sammy Callahan, but I know he was probably gambling somewhere, so he wouldn't have answered his phone. And even if he wasn't gambling, he still wouldn't have answered his phone. So, you know, it wouldn't have mattered. Because I saw him and I brought it up to him. Oh, yeah, I'm off on Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Are you, are you still waiting for the uh, the pro Still wrestling? waiting. Yeah, we're still waiting to settle up. <laughs> Any day now. <laughs> Oh man! So you know it came off uh, with a hitch, but you know, in a sense, without a hitch because the show was solid. It was really good. Uh, encourage fans if you didn't see it, you can get the replay on Fight TV for fourteen ninety nine. Uh, definitely check it out. And now, like you said, no rest for the wicked. This Saturday at eight p.m. at the FSW Arena, you're putting on Halloween. And uh, we know there's a couple things. Uh, you know, we've talked the last couple of weeks. The Battle Royal um, is a fan favorite, and that will be there. And Sefafatu's banner is going to be uh, put on the wall of FSW's arena. Yes, uh, I, I picked it up yesterday. Uh, it's and it's uh, it's it is ready to roll. Nice, nice. So you know, there, there's those two big things, but. Uh, we know now that uh, it is official lumberjack match for Bodie uh, Young Prodigy versus uh, Braxton. Um, you know, those guys were on the pre-show for Mecca. Um, Bodie, of course, is impressing as always, and the faction is, uh, you know, getting their heat as always. Um, lumberjack match, what can we expect from uh, the lumberjacks? Who's going to be out there? Well, the thing is, because of their affiliations, you know, sky high, you know, I would definitely believe they're going to be there for Bodie. But I've gotten multiple requests. I have gotten no requests other than the faction being there for Braxton, obviously. <laughs> but I actually have a list 
of 243 people that are willing to be lumberjacks, you know, I got Culture Inc. in Texas willing to fly in just to be lumberjacks to get a piece piece of them. So I got members of uh, every state in the United States that are willing to make the journey to be lumberjacks for Bodie at this event. So, <laughs> um, And is there uh, any other matches uh, that you have uh, announced yet or have planned? Uh, we have not. We are trying to put together a casket match. And, of course, I reached out to two guys who for Halloween would be perfect for a casket match. Not that I was going to do Funny Bone and uh, Sin uh, 123rd match together. But, you know, having one of the two would have been great. But they are not available. So we were also looking at a couple other options. So now I have to step back. It's now, you know, a few days before the show. So we're trying to figure out how that match is going to go. Uh, Santana Jackson will be right. performing. You know, I, I can't imagine he won't be, you know, performing Thriller, <laughs> being that it's Halloween. You know, I can't wait to see the uh, Suavecitos as the dancers on the side. I'm going to be looking forward to uh, that moment. <laughs> but, you know, Remy Marcel is going to be there. Uh, the aforementioned Suavecitos. Hopefully they can find the arena because they couldn't find Samstown or the Silver Nugget this past weekend. Oh, so boy. hopefully uh, they won't get lost uh, getting to the arena. Oof. And, you know, we got a lot of the younger, you know, you're going to see debuts. Now, unfortunately, some of the debuts you're going to see are somebody dressed up as Eddie Guerrero and Bray Wyatt, <laughs> but it's still their debut in the ring. So you're sure. going to see the gimmick battle royal, you know, as, as Brandy and Heather, our longtime fans said, it's their favorite show of the year. They dress up. You know, some of the fans dress up as their favorite FSW people. And yeah. our guys and girls dress up as their favorite professional wrestlers from, you know, uh, wrestling's past. You know, we've had, of course, the Hogans and the RVDs and the CM Punks. I remember Funny Bone went to CM Punk many years ago. <laughs> and Damian Drake's first forte into the gimmick Battle Royal was his Jeff Hardy. Party. And, you know, so it's been a lot of fun. And I remember the guy, the Hefe, he had a professional makeup artist do his crow sting makeup. And it was like mind boggling, like how much emphasis was put on. <laughs> and I remember, uh, I forgot his name, Kid Showtime, uh, coming out as the ultimate warrior. <laughs> and basically he walked around the ring like 14 times and then when he went in the ring, he got thrown out three seconds later. So, you know, so it was always a lot of fun. And it was always, you know, a, a good moment for the guys because they they stepped up. You know, they they, they actually took pride in, in being the character. And, you know, I already got one of the female uh, wrestlers uh, announced she's coming as Eddie Guerrero. So we're going to look forward nice. to that. So, so we'll see. You know, nice. I know Robbie Litt did something last year and 
Uh, you know, Sky High might come as the Suavecitos for all I know. <laughs> but oh. I told him, I'm like, yeah, we actually want you to come as a famous wrestler. <laughs> well, you know, the, uh, you know, it's, it's Saturday. Uh, it's the 29th. It's, yeah, Matt uh, Vandergrift's going to be there. I'm, I'm um, you know. See if I can get him uh, one night only to wear the unguided gear for Halloween. Oh. You know, even pitched a one night only unguided reunion, brother. <laughs> well, you know, that would be a, a very, I think the fans would love it. Uh, the unguided could take on the APA. <laughs> That's where Hero and... Uh, Hero and Shogun emerged, and I watched the chemistry. And and yeah. a few years later, look at him now. Yeah, uh, that actually that would be a, a really. Uh, I think that would be an entertaining match to see. Uh, you know, maybe we I've can get it. Matt. Uh, we can get Matt in Matt Hardy gear. Damien Drake's already been Jeff Hardy, and we could have the Hardys versus the APA. <laughs> oh man. Um, and if you are in Vegas and uh, you can make it down to FSW Arena, come on out. If you're not, subscribe to the FSW Network and uh, six ninety nine a month, and you can uh, partake and see the show uh, and uh, what whatever happens with the uh, the music rights and all that crap. Uh, yeah, well, it's on our network, so I think we'll be good with it. Yeah, I just saw yeah. a Facebook on the student page because I posted, you know, about the gimmick Battle Royal, and Chris Bay chimed in where it all began for me. So that was the very first appearance for Chris Bay was in the gimmick Battle Royal. I forgot who he was. You know, I'm going to have to try to get that before, you yeah. know. Yeah, it, it, maybe he'll answer me. I'm trying to see like who he was. I'm trying to think. Maybe he was our truth. <laughs> hey, speaking of our truth's back, it was nice to see him a couple times this back, week. Already. You know, yeah, I heard they were going to be starting up the uh, the legends division. Uh, you have to be over sixty, so <laughs> Sinbodi's got a shot again. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, speaking of, uh, did you happen to get a chance? I know there's been all this uh, wrestling in town this week. Did you get a chance to see NXT show? I did not. But I got a message from my kid, and it's like, new tag champs, new tag champs, Zoe Stark. And I'm like, oh, cool. I was about to post something. And then all of a sudden I went in on the results of the rest of the show in NXT and I had to break the news to my kid who was in and out of consciousness. I'm like, no, it was a dusty finish, I guess. And I didn't even know what happened or what it was. He was like, oh, that fucking bullshit. It was a tag. Like like anybody ever does anything with uh, the, the, the right person tagged in. Well, and to make it even worse, it was the quote-unquote head referee backstage who didn't come running out until after the announcements made that they're, you know, it's like he's running out as they're making the announcement. It was, it, it's just frustrating because in professional wrestling, you have something where if you're going to do that, then you have monitors 
there should be no fake finishes because you should always see that the heel screwed the, the face. It It's so frustrating when they do crap like this. And this is just out of nowhere. This is now there's a head ref who made this ruling. Why? Well, I'll be honest with you. Many, many years ago on Monday Night Raw, when Chris Jericho beat Triple H, the crowd went crazy. It was yep. awesome. And then when they came back from commercial, oh, man, that, that was tremendous because yep. people were livid. So yep. in that situation, uh, it worked great. But that was because Jericho was hot. He was involved with the thing with Stephanie and Triple right. H. I'm not sure the reaction was the same. I didn't see it, but I'm going to imagine it wasn't the same as on a Monday Night Raw where the heavyweight championship was just dusty finished. And it wasn't just dusty finished. It was like five minutes later after a commercial break. And it was like, what? Yeah. And that's and that was one of the – what happened was the the impact was less because – Take the titles back, start the match again. And you know at that point that they're going to now lose. Well, That's I've seen like. it done. Uh, I don't know who it was. I seen it, I remember, a year or two ago where it was on a pay-per-view, I believe. Uh might have been Rollins, one of you know, one of those uh, one of those guys where Riddle, I'm not even sure anymore, but it, was, it wasn't two years ago. It was probably within the last year where they ended up restarting the match, and then he ended up winning anyway. So don't remember what it was, but I do remember that's, you know, what it was. And I'll tell you, uh, you know, Zoe, Lacey, uh, and Nikita, they're building a chemistry, man. Those two are, you know, really starting to gel. And... I think that there's something there. So, uh, and I think uh, they had a backstage segment afterwards where uh, where Zoe, you know, was pissed off that you know she was the one she felt that she cost it, and Nikita kind of felt that she cost it, and the word rematch was mentioned. So it looks like there might be a little feud going on there, and then. Uh, and then she goes and punches a locker, and it's like, oh, God, don't break your hand, please. And then breaks her hand, and she's out for six months. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's only baseball players. Right. <laughs> but before uh, we leave, yep, I can make a major announcement. All right. That FSW has come to terms on the re-signing of former heavyweight Nevada State and Tag Team Champion Graves to return at Against All Odds. Wow. The deal was made while I'm doing the podcast, brother. Wow. That shows you. Danny Dime, the Limelight might do double duty. I do quadruple duty. <laughs> awesome. That's wonderful. Well, news. it would be quadruple if I was on the potty doing that, too. That would be quadruple <laughs> duty, but... Know what I'm saying. And Joe, with your history, it would be quadruple bypass duty. So that's right. <laughs> quadruple. It was like six times. Don't be underestimating me. I have I'm tied for the record. 
As Simon God said, how could you have six bypasses when you only have four valves? What the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, there you have it. I, I wonder how he's doing. I haven't heard from Gotch in a while. Yeah, man. Uh, be, nice Gotch. To, be nice to see uh, Gotch out here. Uh, it's been a hey, while. Never know. Um, maybe that's what, you know, maybe uh, against all odds. You know, we got a lot of the big guns. That you saw at Mecca, yeah, are, are all going to be back. Yeah, that that was, I think, one of the most impressive things uh, is the fact that these guys were willing to, uh, you know, sign on for Mecca and sign on for uh, against all odds. That's no, I, I wouldn't mind watching Chris Masters and Graves. Oh man, yeah, sure. Sure. Or, or Graves and Lawler in a regular wrestling match. Yeah. We, we, we did see them. Oh, no, we did see them in a regular wrestling match. We did the uh, MMA rules type match. The, right. The NBK style match. Right. So, well, it's who knows? Nice. Maybe the gods of war reunite to take on Team Filthy. There's so Ooh. much Ooh. that we Ooh. could do. Man. Uh, well, if, if gods of get, war versus the one percent, as I will still call them that. Well, if you can, if you can get in the full team, filthy, uh, maybe you could get Gallo in uh, for the uh, gods of war team there. Well, yeah. So here's an idea that I've been bandying about. Like I've wanted to do this kind of night of champions to where only former champions are on the show, okay. and I was talking about what a great tag team match like if we had a four-way tag team match obviously we'd have to have tbd okay we got tbd but then we got guys who've been wanting to come back like the one percent the commandos oh. reno scum wow you know obviously not the whirlwind gentlemen but you know maybe sugar brown makes a return for for one show only but uh, the gods of war, like yeah. TBD, gods of war, commandos, and 1%, that would be, that'd be tremendous. And if one couldn't make it, the Reno scum, uh, you, you know what I mean? It's like, what a who's who. And you could do that with all, all the divisions that yeah. we, we would want to do. So that's definitely, you know, it might be a crazy FSW arena show. <laughs> Packed a house for that one. <coughs> you know? and, you, well, and you, you got Toa and Juicy, too. Toa and Juicy. There you go. Shit. Forgot about them. Yeah, bring down man. the ring with that beef in the ring, man. That would be that, great. That's why we got two rings. You know, we can have, like, World War Four. <laughs> And then we have the double ring 60 man battle royal. <laughs> you know, I Joey was even pitching it against all odds. There just wasn't enough. He was he was wanting to do a uh, a rumble women's match. Oh wow. Yeah. But you know, I, I just cost wise and everything to get 20 women is gonna be yeah. extremely expensive. Yeah. Because of you know, we have a good amount of training, but they're not ready to be on that platform just yet. So, 
Maybe you could uh, piggyback a show off of the uh, the UWW when it's in town in uh, December and uh, use that. From how it's done? <laughs> yeah, you know, you use, use that crew, you know, get Tessa. Why, is Tessa working the UWW show? Apparently so. Ah, there you go. So, yeah, I just saw something with her. She's going to college or something. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, so I, I, you know, she's one of those people that everyone mentions. Like, well, why is she not signed? So, uh, unfortunately, sometimes people get in their own way. You know, because she was yeah. signed. She was signed to the uh, the new version of Wow, and that didn't work out. Yeah. And everybody's had the opportunity. And when there's plenty of opportunities, you know, it has to be more than wrestling ability because she's as good as it gets. And yeah. obviously, WWE and AEW have had the opportunity and they've chosen not to. So, again, you know, it's got to be something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, speaking of women, and I just wanted to uh, mention this, congratulations to Delilah Doom who uh, won the Santino Brothers Heavyweight Championship, which is she's the first woman to uh, hold that belt. So Who'd she beat, Brody King? I don't know. I don't know. That would have been uh, one hell of a match there. <laughs> Eli so, Everfly did a run-in. <laughs> you know, Eli was very proud, I got to say, which was – No, I, I saw him post something. I wasn't sure – what belt she won, but obviously it was that one, I guess. So that brings up the question. Would you ever consider a female FSW champion? If she's good enough, a title versus title match. I'll tell you what. We had talked about back in the day when Nick Bugatti was the No Limits champion. Uh, Nick and Maz were teaming up. And they were doing matches with Dave Mazzani and Gina, the sister, right. who was a UFC fighter. And there was talk of Gina Mazzani uh, winning the women's championship at one point and then going one-on-one -on -one for Nick Bugatti in a title versus title match. All right. So, all right. you know, every opportunity is there that – if I feel it is something that, you know, makes sense, you know, Zoe, Zoe Stark, Lacey Ryan, you know, she wrestled a lot of guys and, sure. you know, more than held her own against guys like Vandegrift and Jay Vidal. Yeah. And, you know, I'd put her in there with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I would have. I I really would have loved to seen her go against Hammerstone. I bet it would have been tremendous. Yeah, you know, I watched her in training go up against Damian Drake and and yeah. Matt Vandergriff and Jay Vidal, and you know, in some cases, she was probably leading them. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tom Howard will get her ready. Oh, man. Um, I, I miss Tom Howard being around, man, but that's personal. I love, yeah, that you know, I love Tom. You know, I talk to him once, once in a blue moon, every, you know, every, 
touch base. He touches base here and there. You yeah. know, he always sends, I guess, out that uh, mass uh, uh, text message that Zoe's going to be appearing. Uh, I didn't get one recently for the uh, tag title match. <laughs> he must have uh, dreamt about a dusty finish, so he didn't want to get our hopes up. <laughs> he probably he probably got a lot of texts back when she lost in the uh, the championship match. And well, probably, no, he probably got a lot of congratulations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that the, the, you know the person sent a message back ten minutes later. Forget about it. <laughs> oh man, wrong, wrong, wrong person. <laughs> all right uh i'm glad everyone tuned in this week joe any final words for the listeners no we're always gonna have fun this saturday make sure you check it out the halloween gimmick battle royal the lumberjack match is set who's going to be in the casket match who knows you know maybe uh we'll have a a drawing and two wrestling fans can fight in a casket match at uh, fsw you never know what's going to happen so special start time, 8 o'clock, a little later. You know, make sure it's nice and dark for everybody. You know, who knows? Uh, Lawson might even bring candy bags for the kids. And, and by the way, uh, pre-show was uh, was really, uh, really good pre-show. Carlito might be on hand bringing some apples for the, uh, for the kids. Hopefully no razor blades in them. Well, there we go. <laughs> on that note... Everyone, uh, enjoy the show if you're going to the show. If not, uh, again, FSW Network 699. And uh, check out uh, the Halloween uh, you know, show this Saturday at 8 p.m. Pacific time. Until next time, everybody, take care.